Hello, my name is Catherine Hidalgo. I'm the loans reporter here at Ninefin, and today we're going to be bringing back the bonus episode. Today we're going to be discussing Citrix Bond Docs, and I'm here with Caitlin Carey. Thank you for having me, as always, Kat. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Citrix. We've just had the docs come out on the Bond, if I'm correct, and uh, they are atrocious. I had someone today from Ninefin tell me that they're the worst that they've ever seen <laughs> which is a phrase I have heard before from the legal team but it, it just shows it just keeps getting worse and worse yeah I feel like we keep banging the same drum in a way that you know docs keep deteriorating but I think you know we're not telling lies Kat it, it's yeah, it true mean it's not um, true and it's it's just a you know keeps keeps innovating um this Citrix deal um bared in some ways close resemblance to the McAfee that we saw a few months ago um and in that deal I think we said that it was you know very generous uh, in the large amount of flexibility in that deal but Citrix in some ways takes the flexibility that McAfee had a step you know forward and, and goes even further in some ways um, and one point I did specifically want to talk to you about had to do with the way that Citrix uh, has formulated their build-up basket which is something that we haven't seen before Oh, okay. So what's the usual structure of a build-up basket and how does this differ? Yeah, so the build-up basket is it's in the restricted payments covenant and it provides for restricted payments capacity based on essentially like amounts kind of built up over time you know, within the restricted group. So the general formulation in, in a high-yield bond is that the company um, gets credit in the build-up basket for 50 Five zero fifty percent of the cumulative consolidated net income of the company since approximately the issue date. So consolidated net income, you know, proxy for for profitability of the company. If the company is profitable since you know the term of the bond started, um, then fifty percent of that builds capacity that they can then send out to shareholders or make other types of restricted payments with, and the other fifty percent stays within the group. And that's a typical formulation. And there's a couple of you know customary conditions on, on that. Um, we've seen that eroding in in various ways. You know, I think first a, a zero floor was put on that. Um, you know, it used to be that if consolidated net income was on balance negative, that had to deduct against other components of, of the build-up basket. Um, but with a zero floor, it just, you know, cuts off at, at, at zero. And you, you only count sort of if there's been positive uh, CNI. Um, then, you know, we've seen, um, you know, further erosions in that where it only took, you know, if... CNI is positive in a particular quarter, it only counts, you know, those quarters in which CNI is positive. But if CNI is negative in any quarters, you just treat that as zero and, and sort of disregard those quarters where, where CNI is negative. Um, we've also seen some kind of like playing with different growth met metrics a little bit. So rather than it just being 50% of CNI, we've seen some companies do the greater of 50% CNI and something else like retained excess cash flow. But what I wanted to specifically talk about was was in Citrix's formulation. Um, and I'll compare it to McAfee's first. So McAfee's build-up basket was the greater of 50% of consolidated net income and a cumulative EBITDA 
minus 1.4 times their fixed charges. So you take, you know, the EBITDA that the company has made over time since, you know, the issue date, and then you subtract um, 1.4 times the amount of essentially interest expense that they have. Um, and, and so that um, is going to give you usually a, a much more favorable, you know, more likely to be positive uh, metric. Um, consolidated income is often going to be negative for private equity backed companies because, you know, they'll have pretty high um, interest expense um, and, you know, they, they won't necessarily, um, you know, end up with with a positive figure at the bottom of the, of their income statement. Um, but but with EBITDA, you know, especially with all of the addbacks and adjustments that you're permitted to make under the covenants, and the fact that EBITDA is before uh, interest expense and depreciation, amortization, et cetera, um, you know, that's going to give you actually a pretty, pretty positive value. So it's going to give you a lot more capacity um, and a lot of um, sponsor flexibility in there for how they, you know, calculate that. Um, in McAfee, or sorry, in Citrix, Getting to the point, finally, um, Citrix, the builder basket is the greater of 50% CNI and just cumulative EBITDA, full stop. So, <laughs> so cumulative EBITDA, I mean, you know, I think, you know, the EBITDA that uh, Citrix is showing um, in their um, offering memorandum is in excess of $2 billion. You know, when you take into account their estimated cost savings and synergies, so so their estimated is two billion, and you know, think of that sort of like you know every year, so they can you know, take whatever their their EBITDA is, you know, chuck in all of their their cost savings. There's no cap on the EBITDA cost savings or synergies adjustments, and they can basically uh, use that to distribute out to the sponsor. And it's kind of at that point, you're like, well, what's the point of even having a restricted payments covenant? Just one more thing on the builder basket, because, you know, I, I, I slightly like said in there that often there's conditions on when you can use the build up basket, um, a health check on the company, if you will. Historically, those were that there had to be no default or event of default. And also a ratio test would have to be met, a two times fixed charge coverage ratio or a leverage ratio. Um, here, there's no financial ratio test on this, so it's not like you know they have to at least show that they can like meet a fixed charge coverage ratio test or you know, something like that. Just no financial ratio test, um, and the event of default blocker is is I'd say pretty weak. Um, you know, it's it's there, but you know, up until the the point where they're at an event of default, you know, they can just go ahead and you know pay dividends up to their consolidated EBITDA. So. If I've got this right, they could be having seriously deteriorating performance and just keep distributing with no recourse for the lenders whatsoever. Yeah, and there's also a 100% of EBITDA starter amount in addition. Um, that's that's just like a one-time 100% of EBITDA. So one year's EBITDA as opposed to this cumulative accruing basket. <laughs> and then a 100% general restricted payments basket and you know just a, a slew of other uh, things that they could use in addition. As I said, it just kind of, yeah, you're, at that point you're like, well, why didn't you just save some trees and not print these covenants? <laughs> um, why would you do just the one time off EBITDA covenant plus the cumulative? Like what do they benefit from from having that extra provision there? 
Um, I, I mean, I think it's just it's it's extra flexibility, right? So I, I mean, as, as I said, we've never seen this before. This kind of like rolling cumulative EBITDA builder basket, essentially. Um, it's 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 just a, a sort of another new kind of innovation um, that you know we we hope is is going to be pushed back on because it's unusual and hopefully uh, not uh, to be followed as f future market market precedent. <laughs> Who's the sponsor side your firm on this? Oh well, who would you expect? I think it's Kevin <laughs> <Kirkland> and Alice. <laughs> They came out today, so I'm sure you haven't spoken very much to very many lenders who might be pushing back on this. But if you were a lender side, um, would, would you be pushing back and, and how forcefully? Well, so this is on, on the bonds. So I'm not speaking to sort of like the, the loans. Um, you know, we, we have had our, our loan side liar loan side lawyers uh, sort of have a look at, at the terms on the Citrix credit agreement, but I can't speak to what's in that. Um, but yes, for the, the if you're considering investing in the bonds, this is definitely something that we would suggest um, to push back on quite strongly. I'm interested to understand how they thought they could get away with this. I mean, we've just had one of the most painful summers in Leverstone's history. You'd expect, you know, dots tightening in this kind of environment. Why do you think it's so bad? Um, I, I guess I'm I'm not entirely sure. To me, it's it's a bit boggling to the mind that um that this you know seems like something that you you know colorably that you know the the company would ask for. To me, it seems like you know quite a um you know ballsy move to like you know put this provision in there. Um, and it's interesting when you look at the black line versus McAfee because as I say, McAfee had sort of an EBITDA based you know kind of component to their builder basket but it said you know less 1.4 times fixed charges and in the black line you just see they just struck out like 10 words they struck out but it makes such a big difference in the documents um so i i don't know they can't have thought that investors wouldn't notice that seems like you know these are sophisticated investors right cat but um on the other hand maybe they just thought that the credit is so strong and that, you know, there haven't been a whole lot of deals coming to market that, that they could get it through with this. Or, you know, maybe it will get changed during the marketing process. Uh, let's wait and see. Okay. Any other any other egregious points you want to note before we sign off? Uh, well, you should take a look at our full quick take. I think, um, you know, Stevens put a LinkedIn post out about it. And, um, you know, if you want to see uh, what else we've raised, or if you want to have a chat with us about it, you know, please feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. And that's all for this special bonus episode of Cloud9fin. We have a great deal more Citrix coverage on 9fin.com. So if you do want to read more about the situation, head to 9fin.com slash insights, where you can see some of our content in front of the paywall. Or you can drop us an email at team at 9fin.com. We're always keen to hear your suggestions for topic ideas, your comments on our discussion, and your feedback on the platform. If you like this podcast, don't forget to like and share it. Tune in for the US edition next week. I'll be back the week after. And in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts.